0: What's up guys, it's Lisa. We're all well into our coronavirus quarantine and needless to say, it's been a trying time for all of us. We've had to change our daily routines, many of us haven't even left the house, gyms are closed and overnight, most of our relationships went virtual. So how can we come out of this quarantine stronger, healthier and even more connected? Well, I've taken this opportunity to talk to some of my favorite people on my Instagram live to get their advice on these very issues and have found the conversation so freaking helpful that I wanted to share them here as well. So over the next couple of months, we'll be posting bonus episodes every Friday to help us get through this quarantine stronger together. Today, I'm chatting with the amazing Lydia Denworth. Lydia is a science journalist whose most recent book, Friendship, talks all about the biological and psychological benefits to friendship. In this Instagram Live, we talk about how you can maintain your friendships during this pandemic and why your longevity depends on it thank you for joining me. I am here. Sorry, just adjusting my camera. Um, The hubby is actually downstairs shooting something else live as well and he beat me to it. So he has my usual spot. So I had to come up here into the bedroom. Um, But anyway, so that explains a different background. What up everybody? Drop in where you're joining me from. um, And while you guys do that and you're joining, I'd love to introduce the guest today. So in case you haven't joined my other IG lives, Up until this point, I want to let you guys know I'm trying to jump on IG Lives a couple of times a week or as much as possible and bring on incredible people that I can talk to and you guys can ask questions in real time on anything that's worrying you right now um, as uh, we're all quarantined and, you know... um, I don't want to say trapped at home, but vacationing at home. Um, So I want to bring on today Lydia Denworth. She's freaking awesome. I was going to have her as a main episode on Women of Impact, but actually as I was discussing it with the team, um, we started to realize that actually she's the type of guest that maybe you guys really want to talk to and ask advice from um, because she's freaking incredible. And so if there are people that in real time you guys can really benefit from, I'm going to bring them on on my lives instead of on the main show. So um, I'm going to introduce the guest today. Um, So she is a science writer and contributing editor to Science America, uh, American, sorry, having written about everything from Alzheimer's to zebrafish. And I was like, do I say zebrafish or zebrafish? I'm going to go with zebrafish. Zebrafish, her work has appeared in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, um, Psychology Today, and Time Magazine, just to name a few. just a few. Um, And if that wasn't enough, this Princeton graduate has just published her third book called Friendship, which goes deep on why connecting with your peeps isn't just about having a social life, but about having a happy, healthy life. And so right now, as we're of course stuck at home, um, vacationing at home, I should say, I'm going to keep repeating that vacationing at home because I really do believe that words mean everything. And so I want to make sure that my mindset Every time I talk, every time I think about it, it's seen as a positive and not negative. So that's why I keep correcting myself, FYI. Um, and you can just see me in real time. That's how I handle things. So I want to bring her on. Please welcome. Waiting for her to join. Let's, oh, she's here. She's here. Um, all right. So hello, Lydia. Hello. Oh, hello from Leeds. What's up, Leeds? Hello from London. What's up, London? Um, Vacation at home. Love it. Thank you. Ah, Lydia! Hello! Hello! How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, my God. You? So good. Thank you so much for joining me. I know initially we were going to have you on Women of Impact. Um,
1: yeah. Maybe
0: down the road once um, the vacationing at home has stopped, maybe we can have you come back in. But I'm believe- I really, really wanted to do this IG live with you um, because just I get a lot of questions asked and I talk about friendship and connection with people all mm-hmm. the time. And I think right now, there are so many people out there that just have so many questions. Um, <laughs> and so you are absolutely the freaking expert. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I love to be called freaking awesome. That's just <laughs> terrific. That's like you've... you've made my day already.
0: Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, I know you're about to make a lot of people's day. So where I actually want to start is with a quote that I read of yours yeah. um, that says, study after study confirms the same thing. A lack of social connection is as deadly as smoking and obesity. I don't Mm -hmm. want to panic anyone because for me I'm not a um, I'm not a pessimist I try and look at all the optimistic side of things Mm. so I'm looking at that going okay if this is actually true which I really do believe it is first of all actually can you break down why it's true and then what I want to focus on today is how do we overcome the social distancing right now and still make sure that we have those connections and then what we're also going to do as you answer that guys if you are watching dropping some questions below because Lydia's going to ask it we're going to pick the this woman's brain and get to the gold so um so yeah if you could give me a, a, a bit of a low down there that would be great
1: yeah absolutely so what's so interesting i mean a lot of people say why is a science journalist writing about friendship right it doesn't we don't think of friendship as being all that sciencey but that's what's so interesting And so important for people to know is that in the last kind of 10 to 20 years, like neuroscientists who study the brain and evolutionary biologists and a whole range of scientists have really started to take uh, friendship seriously. They're treating it with new respect and they realize that it's not just cultural, like there's plenty of culture that goes with like, you know, whether you have Girls Night Out or whether you, you know, like prefer, I don't know, with the different traditions that different people have in the way they do friendship, a lot of that can be cultural, but it turns out that there's a biology to friendship and there's an evolutionary story here. So friendship has been a critical piece of how humans got to be who we are, right? And in fact, we, you hear a lot about survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. So that's like the idea that evolution has been one big, fierce, brutal competition, right? Like who could fight the best. Mm-hmm. And, and there are some of that, but it turns out that there's also been a survival of the friendliest going on. So oh. there were real evolutionary advantages to being good at making and maintaining friends. And it, it got people played, like, that's what evolution is all about, sort of selecting for things that further your chances of living longer and all of that. So that's like the big picture. Uh, we know all this now. And that's telling us that Friendship is this critical thing. And from a health perspective, so this is like when we get talked about the smoking and obesity, mm-hmm. friendship or a lack of it. So like social isolation or loneliness, and we'll come back to that since that's where we all are right now, is it affects your heart. How, how your cardiovascular functioning goes it affects your immune system it affects your cognitive health it affects your mental health it affects the how you age the rate at which your cells age and it affects how long you live just like smoking and quitting mm. smoking
0: can you break it down and i don't want to go too deep into the science, but can yeah. you explain just a little about how that's actually true like how does it help <laughs> you yeah. live longer like that's Interesting.
1: It's really interesting, and there are some things we don't know about it yet. Um, but what we understand, and like, it's easy to think that the things that you eat, right, get mm-hmm. inside your body, and of course that affects your health. Or when you go for a run and you get your heart going and you feel your, you know, your everything, you feel your muscles and you feel your heart. And so it's obvious that that is important for your health. Mm -hmm. And how is it that a social relationship that exists like out here, right, not inside your body, how can that get in under your cells and change your health? Well, we think, the scientists think that, so different things operate in different ways, but they think that the, for one, let's take stress, for example. Mm -hmm. So if you are under stress, the uh, one of the things that happens is that a hormone called cortisol um, is triggered in your body, right? And, and it's, a little cortisol is a good thing. A lot of cortisol over the long haul is a bad thing. And what friends do for you is actually their presence lowers the levels mm. of cortisol in your body. Um, and so just having a friend like, next to you when you're going through a stressful thing changes the way you physiologically respond to it so that would be one example there are different ways for different parts of all of it but you know that gives you a sense of what we're talking about
0: yeah and that's so interesting because as you started as soon as you started saying stress i was like oh yeah well people know now that stress actually can kill you early but it's so interesting that that has been like beaten over the head um but the friendship thing like um you you know I kind of thought like oh it's good for the heart it's good for the soul but Mm -hmm. like being so scientific and saying oh no 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 this actually has an impact on how long you live like that's freaking so impactful that just gives context to how important friendship actually is so um I well I was just gonna say so the statistic is that you're 30% like more
1: likely roughly 30% more likely to die sooner if you're lonely or socially (laughs) isolated so let's just put a point on it and um, and make it clear. And yeah, so um, and your immune system, since we're thinking about viruses all all day, every day right now. Mm -hmm. So your immune system, really lonely people. um, I guess the simplest way to say it is that you have a bunch of genes in your body, right, that determine all kinds of things about who you are. It's like the blueprint for who you're going to be as a person. But then the other thing that happens is that the experiences that you have affect whether those genes are turned on or off, like whether they are voiced. Think of it as an opinion that is voiced or not. voiced. Like, do I say what I think or do I not? So your genes are a little bit like that. They're like deciding whether to speak up or not. And in your immune system, the genes that control your response to inflammation and your response to a virus um, are different in someone who is really lonely they are, those people are more susceptible to inflammation and to viruses. And people who have a lot of friends and feel really socially connected, you can actually see the gene expression in their immune system is different and they're more resilient to inflammation and to viruses
0: that is insane i know right Right? oh (laughs) my god because like i've heard people ask you like why are you studying friendship like just that alone can literally fundamentally i think change the way people behave and then you know hopefully then allow us to live longer and happier and like that's literally just as much of a breakthrough as stress is killing you like that, is- I, yeah, I
1: think so. And 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 that work. What's so interesting is that they first discovered that thing in the body. It's got a fancy scientific name. It's called CTRA or Conserved Transcriptomic Response to Adversity. But what really matters is that they first discovered it for loneliness, and then they found that your body does the same thing for other things like extreme trauma and poverty and mm. child soldiers mm. in Africa had the same thing. And at first, you might think, well, that makes loneliness less important. But actually, no, 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 no. It's telling you that loneliness is as bad for your body as extreme poverty and extreme trauma and all these things, right? It's right up there with the worst things that happen to people and affect their bodies. And so, yeah, like, let's make sure people understand this and that they, you know, take action.
0: Lydia, Lydia, Lydia That is fucking strong Um, So in case you guys are just joining I'm talking to this woman She is like just dropping nuggets of gold And explaining why (laughs) Which for me is really important to understand Okay, do this, this is why And this is the outcome So I so appreciate you Guys, if you have any questions, drop them in Also, I'm going to do some question stickers So that we'll um, put the questions at the bottom So if you guys want to do any question stickers Drop them in Um, All right, so I'm going to ask you. We've got some shout outs, actually, by the way. We've got people from Canada, UK, Pakistan, Miami, Scotland, wow. India, South Africa, Kenya, Hi. New York, and Sri Lanka all watching in the house. Wow hello everybody yeah so guys um i am answering we are answering questions live oh we've got some questions all right okay uh, oh no actually no those are not questions those are um stickers from something else. sorry i'm actually okay. just new to this whole sticker thing so i'm making yeah. it up as i go along <laughs> i'm new
1: to this whole instagram live thing so uh, well can i tell
0: you a secret i had my 18 year old son in here with me right
1: before making sure i pressed on the right button that's amazing <laughs> I, confess. I confess
0: what's his, what's his name <laughs>
1: His name's Matthew. He's one Matthew, of three. Thank you, Matthew. I yes. yes, appreciate Matthew. it. <laughs> then, of course, I kicked him out. So he's not here, but
0: I'll tell him. <laughs> All right. All right. So we actually do have some questions. I'm just going to read okay. them out, actually. Um, yep. Okay. So, of course, this is the question that I assumed people would go to. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Parishit Adya. Is friendship mm-hmm. only possible when we are in physical proximity with our friends? No.
1: Happily, no. Um, it does it does matter that you have spent time together in person with people usually. So the most common, I mean, proximity just helps, right? Being mm-hmm. near someone and being together in person is what gets you there. So like for kids, there's this long standing sort of a, psycholo- uh, a view that psychologists have that how kids become friends is that they start by like, hanging out together, playing together, maybe doing the same thing together in the same space, right? Mm. And adults is kind of the same. And then what happens is they have a shared emotional experience. it, And then that deepens the relationship. So they go to sort of mm. another level. And adults basically do the same thing, right? We hang out, we spend our time in proximity, and then we start talking about how we feel, or we if you're men on a sports team or women on a sports team together, maybe you win a championship and the emotion of that makes you closer, feel closer. So there's that shared emotional experience. Mm. But the really good news is that you are, it's entirely possible to maintain a friendship um, when you're not right together. Right. And, and one of the things we know about social media, there's a lot we don't know about how social media affects our relationships Mm -hmm. um, because it's so new and the science of it is new, but, what we see is that if you use social media as one extra channel, as a a way to communicate Mm. with people that you see in other ways, and I'll come back to the current situation in a minute, but if you use social media as like one extra way to connect, it strengthens the bonds. Um, Right now, it's all we got, right? Um, Mm. And so we are rethinking in many ways how social media and digital technology works to connect us and what's good about it. Everybody was really sort of flipped out about how terrible it was for us and they're rewriting the script (laughs) right now um, pretty fast right in a big way. Um, But so in this moment I I do believe that you know connecting doing this I mean this kind of thing so you and I are talking directly and other people are sort of following along but the more engaged you are and the more interactive you are And more active rather than passive you are with with the way you connect with people in this time is going to be better for your mental health and your physical health. Um, But doing like video conferencing with your friends and um, when you feel connected to people, you get this like positive feeling of hormones like oxytocin and dopamine and things that make you feel good and that sort of stimulate the reward centers in your brain. And I think there's not evidence yet for this but we think that doing this if you were doing this with your good friend would would make you feel that way right mm. it would make you feel closer and it would stimulate some of those hormones and
0: and laughing makes you feel good <laughs> that would be interesting so we haven't there haven't been any studies yet that have taken let's say a um let's say you're scanning my brain as i'm hanging out with my friends and then yeah. comparing it to me doing a skype call with that same person that'd be interesting well,
1: well, there's been so what we know. There's been a little bit of this, but what's okay. really what I'm finding really interesting is that there's been um, a lot of researchers were trying to do that study and they couldn't get the funding before now. Well, so mm-hmm. guess what? They're gonna get funding mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Everybody wants to know it's the million dollar question, right? So
0: sponsored by Zoom. <laughs> sponsored by Zoom. You better believe it. So,
1: uh, but what what we do know is this: is that when you're in person with somebody and you're like eye contact and physically being together in the same space um does kind of stimulate the social parts of your brain and the communication parts of your brain and and gets you ready to interact with the other person and and seeing a face on a screen doesn't work in quite the same way but we think it's like a graded response so that if I see you on zoom, I have, you know, it's a little bit less um, Mm -hmm. easy for my brain to connect, partly because sometimes you get um, like the timing is off or something like that. Right. And there's actually a sort of call and response to social interaction. So you Mm -hmm. talk or like I'm talking and you're nodding. Right. And everybody can see that. And so I know that you're responding to what I'm saying. And if there's a timing, lag, which you sometimes get from Mm. social media, it throws off your brains like this isn't quite right. This is different from when we're all in the same room together. Um, And so we know that it's not the same to be not in person, Mm. but we also think that there are benefits. But what we don't know is how much of the sort of craving for social connection is satisfied by different forms Mm. of social media.
0: Well, first of all, if you ever need a guinea pig, I'll happily be it because yeah. I find that fascinating. Like, I would yeah. really love to see a scan of my brain being with my friends yeah, and then yeah, doing yeah. it virtually, and yeah. then comparing them both. Like, that would just right. be fascinating. And then also, like, I'm always like hacking and thinking of other ways to do things. I'd wonder if, let's say, I was hanging out with my sister, and yeah. you you scanned my brain, and then we did a Skype call, and I was maybe smelling her perfume. Would that make mm. any difference? That's so interesting
1: i I would think yes, but I cannot uh, I'm not I don't think that study's been done, and so I can't say for sure. but what is true is that all your senses mm-hmm. are have are primed to be social, right So smell right. and touch and obviously your vision and hearing, mm-hmm. but when you and one of the things you lose by being on social media is that you can't touch someone and you can't smell them. But yes. so if you, so it's interesting to me that you brought in the idea of, but if you had her perfume, um, that would give you this extra sensory information that mm-hmm. makes you feel closer to her and makes her, the image of her in your brain more vivid probably i'm guessing this
0: is purely speculative yeah yeah if anyone's watching we are just (laughs) speculating right now but like when i think about the behaviors that i do like when my husband's away the first thing i do is i put on his sweater that smells like him so a it's touch right it's like his the fabric i've known like just psychologically that it's been knit on his skin and then the smell because isn't there like a sensory there's no sensory um Uh, receptor between like your, your smell and the brain. And so that's why immediately I made something like that.
1: I'm not exactly sure what it is you're thinking of, but it's definitely strong. Your sense of smell is strong and your sense of touch is really Um, important. And one of the things about touch that we know now that we didn't know before is that so for a long time, um, people just thought about touch as being like, I'm tapping the table in front of me. Okay, Mm. so I feel that it's hard. And you know, it sends a signal or if I get if I hit something cold or something sharp, it goes, you know, it tells this part of your brain up here is like the somatosensory cortex. Sorry, I think it goes this way. (laughs) Um, I'm, you know, on the screen. Um, (laughs) Anyway, top of your head, okay, is where the sense of touch goes. Um, And it's just sort of giving you information about the world. But it turns out that we have nerve fibers in our skin, that if you stroke them basically at the like the rate of the way that when mothers might stroke a baby caress a baby it's like a couple centimeters a second and um it goes to a different place in the brain it's slower Mm. but it goes to the emotional parts of the Mm. brain and they have this is not um nobody really knew that these things existed in people and now we think that they are sort of a primary part of a social brain in babies. So that it's like getting you ready to be social when your mother cuddles you right after you're born. And then it's one of the reasons probably why skin to skin contact is so important with newborns. And um, anyway, so touch is sort of newly appreciated Mm. for how social it is and how important that can be.
0: So. Yeah, that's amazing. Like I'm always trying to think about. Okay, well, if we are distant, what is that thing that we can connect on? So yes, yeah. like, and so touch would be difficult, but things like smell. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I love that. All right. Yeah. So what ta- if you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel We've got yeah, a ton go of questions. Okay. Um, guys, on. thank you so much. And we're doing shout outs. So let us know where you're calling uh, or where you're mm-hmm. tuning in from. Um, all right. Let's have a look. Okay. Let's have a look. This question here. This is from Enikiraki. How can you influence your family to start developing a growth mindset, focusing on positivity and encourage? Oh, I don't know where the rest has gone. <laughs> And encourage them let's just say okay so your family not
1: your friends we're talking about here um let's then,
0: do um, family and friends, and friends right yeah. um
1: well I, so i'm not exactly sure what the person asking the question is trying to get at but i can say this so one of the things that the science of friendship really has made clear is it's helped to define what a good friend is and i'm going to get to how this connects to family so it's a, at a minimum a good friend is Usually a long-lasting relationship, so it's kind of a steady, stable, reliable presence in your life. Someone who's that—it's someone who is positive and makes you feel good, and you make them feel good. And it's a cooperative and reciprocal relationship where there's some mm-hmm. give and take, right? And so there can be a whole lot more to it than that in human relationships, but those things are true actually in other species as well as in humans, and they uh, and variations of them exist depending on what science what scientific approach you're, you're coming from, you find the same things again and again and again. So it makes you feel good. It's a mm-hmm. reliable sort of strong, steady presence and it's cooperative and reciprocal and what turns out to be. So that's what like the definition of a quality relationship is a quality friendship. I was going to say,
0: you have to say quality, right? Because quality, you have people right. that actually don't enjoy being around their friends. Right. And
1: so the really critical thing about friendship is to understand that quality matters most. Quality matters more than quantity. And also that this science kind of blurs the lines between family and friends and romantic partners. So here's where I'm circling back to family is that we we can, if we think of the people that we're closest to and are most important to us, what we hope is that whether they're family or friends or a spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, other romantic partner that they hit those things that I just said that they're a reliable presence they make you feel good they're positive and that they are cooperative and reciprocal so that meaning that if you are there for them they will also be there for you right and too often like family I mean family can be that but not always Mm -hmm. and so the reason I think that this is so important for friendship is because if you think about your best friends usually they do fit that definition because, of course, you don't really end up hanging out with them for very long, I hope, if they don't. Um, that's not always the case. Sometimes we hang on to friendships thinking that we can't end them when they don't hit those things, right? And so now, how do you get people to behave that way to you? I mean, that's a different question. But I guess what I would sort of say is you have to start with yourself and you have to make mm-hmm. sure um, I being the kind of quality friend to the people in my life that I would want them to be to me. Um, And then ask for what you need if you're not getting it, but make sure you're doing it first.
0: Yeah, I love, I've heard you break down how, um, I can't remember the phrase you use, but how like when you say my brother or my sister or my husband, it's one, if you can explain that
1: well so right so you know my your husband might be your best friend I mean a lot of people and especially in western cultures use that phrase and say but if we say that or if we say my sister is my best friend we are saying it to indicate like value added right Mm -hmm. more than just this is my sister if I say sister that's a like a biological relationship that you understand as family and it doesn't tell you anything about the quality of our relationship I mean I hope that if you have a sister, you're close, but I I, I don't know that, mm-hmm. right? Whereas if I say, this is my best friend, you automatically know that I'm talking about something positive, right? Some, somebody who makes me feel good. And so that's how I think we should think. It's why I like to say that friendship could be a template for all our relationships. Because if we think of it this way and we say, let's make sure that the people closest to us fit this definition, whoever they are, and that we really think of them as friends and that they treat us the way friends should treat each other and we do the same, then we're going to be so much better off in our health because we already talked about why this matters. We're going to live longer, we're going to be healthier, we're going to be happier ah, and I why wouldn't you do that
0: <laughs> but we and it's interesting because we put so much um, emphasis and making sure that you're there for your family and things like that but in everything that you're saying it's really about how you the connection you have with that person in your family versus exactly. them just sharing blood with you
1: exactly i mean we tend to prioritize relationships based on blood and law, right? right. Like right. legal institutions, <laughs> oh, yeah. marriage and stuff. And, and not by the quality of the relationships. And I know, I look, I'm not naive, I understand part of why we do that. And, uh, but you know, wouldn't it be better if we really prioritize the people who treat us the best, and we sort of asked for that, and we made sure that we give it? I mean, this is mm-hmm. one of the problems is that a lot of times we don't, we think, or I think that people friendship is so familiar that they think they know all about it and they think they appreciate it and they often think they prioritize it but we don't always like friends sort of we ditch them when we fall in love they're the first thing to go when we get busy we say we're going to um you know, let's get together. Let's get together. I mean, I I admit to this all the time, right? I was that person in Brooklyn where I live, like walking out on the sidewalk. I see my friend. So great to see you. Let's have dinner. Let's get a coffee. Let's really do it. And then we don't, right? Because life Mm -hmm. is busy. I have a busy job. She has a busy job. We have kids, you know, whatever it is. It's, but it, you need to actually follow through and you, or you need to follow through, not with everybody though,
0: right? That's why that's, that's what i was gonna ask you like because there are there are different almost levels of friendships and there there are people that i freaking adore and if they reached out to me and they're like hey lisa i need you i'd be there in a heartbeat but i may not call them for a year but i still consider them my friend
1: yeah and that's totally good and so what friendship is all about is what scientists call differentiation so you like some people more than others you just do and also um you spend more time with some people than others and we all have limited amounts of time. So I think the most useful way to think of it is in concentric circles, right? So you put yourself at the center and you think who's in that immediate circle right around me. And most of us only name like an average of four people. Mm -hmm. If you try to imagine like, who are the people I could not live without? And there's going to be family members in there. I hope if you have close family, if you're married, we hope your spouse is in there, (laughs) but you know, who knows? Um, And, (laughs) and, often it's like your best friends or two best friends or something like that, right? And then the next circle out are the people that you really, really care about. Um, and you know, that maybe you're the first people you would invite to your birthday party, let's say 10 to 15 people that, you know, are closest to you. And then it goes out in further circles, right? And you might really like the people on the further circles, but you don't have time to dedicate to all those people mm. in the same way. So you start by prioritizing the people in the inner circle and then you move out, right? And you spend time with people according to sort of where they fit in your life. That's that's mm-hmm. one way to approach it, to make sure that you are taking care of the core relationships.
0: I love that. I have so many questions for you, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I actually feel a little selfish that I'm holding you all to myself. Oh, so many right. questions that are coming in. Right. Well, so go. um, I'm going to write down all the questions I have for you and I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up later. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Um, so, what can people who live alone do right now? This is yeah. from Valenbuzi. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, so I really hope that people who live alone and the people who love them are in contact, whether it's calling, it's texting, it's, you know, video chatting. I mean, one of the problems is that a lot of people who live alone are older adults who are less um, facile with social media, right? Mm. And so then you maybe just need to call them every day, even if it's just for like three minutes to five minutes, you know, just a quick call to say, I'm here, I'm thinking of you. And I think, that goes a really long way people need to feel connected and that they matter and so by checking in you do that and what a lot of people are doing and I people you know so I'm on a WhatsApp thread with a bunch mm-hmm. of my college, my college yeah. friends who live all over the country and all over the world even. And, uh, and some of them live alone, and some of them have families and or spouses or whatever. And so, but, you know, we're using that as a way to just all be in touch sort of on a regular basis. And it evens out like how you, whether you're Whether you're living by yourself or not, you're still sort of in regular touch with people. And so I hope that people who live alone have somebody that they can do that with um, in order to just have that sense of, of human interaction every day.
0: Mm, yeah that's great and at least for me i'm actually finding i'm in more contact with more people than i was before right, right.
1: no those th- that same set of friends from college because we don't actually all live in the same city you know we were on this whatsapp thread and then now of course we started zooming like everybody does and so right. now we're seeing each other's favorites like oh this was great why didn't we do this before? Right. right you know and but you know we probably won't keep it up because who's got the schedule for like you know that nobody is going out any night of the yeah week right now right and so it's a different i don't know people are available in a different way but and that that's isn't what, true for everyone
0: yeah that's I why i'm actually trying to
1: that.
0: yeah Go yeah it's, no that's very true it's not for everyone, but at least for me i'm really trying to always frame things in a positive um mm-hmm. and so when i think about like okay being you know vac- i call it vacationing at home um now I actually get to speak to my dad more. I speak to, hang- uh, you know, get to speak to my sister more. So it's like really enjoying what it's bringing to my life instead of mm-hmm. focusing on what it's taking away. Um, mm-hmm. Because then there will be a time where we, you know, uh, this is a, in history, a moment in history that we'll yeah. look back on. And I want to remember going, oh my God, do you remember like, I used to hang out with my family every single week on Zoom and like having a positive memory in my head. I think that that yeah. be pretty powerful. I also hope,
1: that that what this time is doing is reminding us all um you know i was saying before that we take friendship for granted kind of Mm -hmm. and our relationships sometimes for granted and now we can't do that anymore right i think that not having it being apart has reminded has made clear just how important it is to be connected and it's like that interdependence you you just see it more now you say oh Mm -hmm. wow now that i don't have it i sort of depth of the creativity that people are using to connect is, um, is really interesting and a reminder of how important it is. And that when you can't take it for granted, that's when, you know, there's like a million song lyrics, right? About how yeah. you don't know what you have till it's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> it's, <say>. like, <laughs> it's so cliche, but it's so freaking it's true. It's true. It's true, right? There's always truth to cliches. That's why they're they're out there, right? And so, so what I hope this does is like really remind people how important this is. And I'm sure you've heard me say in the in the interviews I've given that instead of feeling, if friendship is this important for your health, instead of feeling like, oh God, now this is just one more thing I have to do. I think it gives you permission to focus on hanging out with your friends Mm -hmm. and to like prioritize that, right? Just like you schedule in going for a run, like, well, okay, let's also make sure you schedule in time with your friends. And of course you can get a twofer if you go for a run with your friend. right? Back in the time when we're allowed to do that again, I yeah. mean, people are doing six-foot walks, right? You know, um, but it's—it's it's just. I think this one of the benefits I hope of this time will be exactly this: that it has highlighted so clearly how critical these relationships really are for our psychological mm. and our physical well-being. That's the part people may not realize, but mm. that's also true.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, all right, gonna do it. Try and let's do a sticker question if we can. Okay. Um let's have a look. All right. Oh, here we go. This is from Miss Pasha 786. How can I let go of a friendship that isn't serving me? I love this friend to bits and see them like a sister. But and if you guys know how to like see more of the question, it kind of just cuts off for me. Mm. There, so. I can't see it. Yeah, I can't see it either. So, okay, how can I let go of a friendship that isn't serving me? I love this friend to bits and see them like a sister, but I assume it's not but good for their health. Yeah. Something is, something is, is there is any way you way. can pull your phone slightly further away from your face so we can keep the question? Do you see the question at the bottom?
1: I don't, I see just a oh, you- comment at the bottom. I don't even see the question. Oh, see- okay. I see a comment, but I don't see.
0: Okay, so now bring the camera down there. It's perfect. Oh, right Right there. Yeah, there. There. So yeah. So the question at the bottom says, "How can I let go of a friendship that isn't serving me?" I love this friend to bits and see them like a sister. Okay. Um. So this is really critical, and it comes up
1: a lot. And one of the things I think is important is that I mean, so how you do it is a question, but whether you do it is is the thing that I can really speak to. And I do think that if you feel that someone is not serving you, like the thing I hear a lot is that we have a lot of old relationships with people we've known a really long time Mm -hmm. where we have shared history, but they're very demanding or they're very draining on our, on us when we're together. Uh, and so that isn't really serving you. So you kind of have three choices. One is that you just, Cut out, cut the person out of your life. That's pretty extreme, and I I don't necessarily think you need to do that unless somebody is really toxic and you know truly a negative relationship. And I'm assuming that that person, because she says she loves her to bits, wouldn't be saying that if this was that terrible of a relationship. Mm. Um, the second thing is to really try to have a serious conversation with your friend. And I, I had a, a experience like this pretty recently where I had a friend that we were just we had grown apart. And, and I think we were sort of at, at risk of just that being the end of it without ever discussing it, but something came up, and it sort of forced the issue. And because mm-hmm. we had not a lot left to lose, we, we had the much a, a deeper, more honest conversation than we had had in a long time. And we discovered that the sort of moment back like 10 years ago that set us down this path of being apart. There were just hurt feelings on both sides there was you know misunderstandings there was all this stuff and we so we really had a deep conversation like you would with a romantic partner maybe and um and we you know came out of that with a much better understanding of what had happened and why and how we both bore some responsibility Mm. so you absolutely couldn't try and work hard to make the relationship a healthier one Sometimes by speaking up and saying what you're not getting or how you feel, you know, that thing. like if you're always the one that's doing everything for the friend and they're never, um, it's not even, it's lopsided, then that isn't so great, right? And sometimes people don't realize that. Um, the last thing you can do if, you know, I was talking about the concentric circles earlier you could think of it an analogy would be that it's like you shuffle the furniture into the outer rooms of your emotional house. (laughs) You know, you maybe this friend is not going to be such a central part of your life anymore, but that doesn't mean that they have to leave your life. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, she's actually saying, I have spoken to her, but she feels she can't trust me despite apologizing. She doesn't seem to want to resolve it.
1: Ah so Mm. hmm well it can be it sounds like this time this person is on the receiving end yeah yeah of this and so you know i don't know it's very hard to say exactly to give exact advice without knowing more about the situation Mm. but it does seem like maybe you have to look at your own role in it and what you did um and how you behaved and whether you think there might be some truth and fairness in what your friend is saying and if not then your friend is maybe being unreasonable, but if so, all you can do is control how you behave with other people, Mm -hmm. right, I think.
0: That's what I was going to say, because she says that um, she's apologized, apparently, but her friend doesn't want to resolve it. And I think if that was my perspective, I would do everything I can to show that person, hey, Mm -hmm. I really am sorry, because I think that words are just that. They're just words. And so you also need to see that in the action, in what you're willing to do to show that you really mean it. But if at some point you just keep getting rejection, that's more about them than that is about you. Um, Right. right right yeah exactly excellent question um all right i'm got some more questions girl (laughs) you're on fire um let's try and do a um right um does it oh here we go actually can you pull your phone slightly further away from you again and then bring it there. Perfect. Right. There. There yeah. Amazing. Right. Thank you all so right. much. Um, all right. Does it matter what gender your friends are? My ex-boyfriend didn't like me having a male friend. Ah,
1: uh, yes. I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. So there's no real reason why men and women cannot be good friends. Um, but of course it does seem that sex or the idea of sex, the possibility of sex, uh, does get in the way seemingly more for men as it would seem to be with this person. So it's the ex-boyfriend who didn't want her to be friends with other guys. Um, and I did have a, a man tell me yesterday that men, if a woman is single, um, and attractive, like, they're just automatically going to think that maybe this is someone that they can have a romantic relationship with, and they don't want to end up in the friend zone, right? That's Yeah. What say. But, but on the other hand, like, I mean, I'm married a really long time. You're married, right? Like, yeah, I have friends, I have plenty of friends who are men, and I don't think that they, um, I mean, I think that you just go into the relationship, assuming that you're going to be friends, if, if you're if you're otherwise connected, you know, married or, or or paired up. And so that to me is evidence that it's possible to, mm. for men and women to be friends, but it's not, um, but it's not, I don't know, I, but there's no, what really matters as always is some similarities, some shared interests, some shared worldview, like, and if that's a guy that, that has that, and you share that with then you should be able to be friends. Whether the men can handle it, I'm not mm-hmm.
0: so sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, so it's like sure. in um, Harry Met Sally. Do you remember that, where they have the whole discussion <laughs> this, about this inter- <laughs> the,
1: the interview yesterday? That was the same thing he brought up. He was oh, like, Harry and Sally. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. the men think no, and the women think yes. So it's I guess so I'm.
0: Because I I speak to my husband about it and he's like right. well, yeah because for a guy like if there's ever a possibility of sex whether you find them attractive or not it's always there but as yeah. a woman I don't think like that and no, so I don't neither like if I'm if I'm just not if I'm in a relationship or if I'm not attracted to the person like it doesn't even dawn on me but my husband's just like oh it dawns on most you know obviously not to bucket all men into but he's like it dawns yeah. on most guys that that's the thing and so I think then it almost comes down to then trust right because it's like. At the end of the day, whether a guy cracks onto me or not, whether mm-hmm. it's my friend or whether it's a stranger in a bar or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, it's like you either trust me to um, reciprocate or trust me mm-hmm. to not reciprocate. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, no, that's true. I mean, if you're talking about, so in there you're talking about the, the romantic partner has to trust, right? Correct, that the, correct. That the other person. Um, and... But I also think that it's nice to be with people who do trust.
0: Yes, of course, <laughs> so, 100%. And that's the for thing. friends if...
1: and relationship and romance, right? Both.
0: Yeah, that's actually interesting. So it's like if your partner is with someone who uh, is friends with someone of the opposite mm-hmm. sex and you have an unease, I think you need to explore what that unease is, mm-hmm. not that they have a friend of the opposite sex. Right, right. No. All right great question and um, all right so we I'm just going to read out a question right now mm-hmm. so this is from RX Butterfly do you think we should let go let them go in this time of corona or should we reach out to them
1: so there was probably something before that but yeah if i mean i in this time of Corona, I think you should be thinking hard about who are the people that matter most to you. And you should be folk, you should certainly not let them go. But I'm not sure if that's what the question was about. Yeah, it is interesting that we people do seem to be inspired to reach out to people they haven't talked to in a while, maybe because they have time and they're, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe because like I was saying before, this is reminding us how much we care about friends. And, uh, and so sort of, inspiring us to do the work that normally in life we get a little too busy to do
0: right Um, i actually have context apparently they're talking about their toxic friends ah okay well
1: yeah maybe this is a use (laughs) use this as an excuse if it's toxic if you really think and you're not just you're not exaggerating and you think it's toxic then yeah i don't think that that is a relationship that's doing you any good
0: yeah I don't know like though for me in this moment if I had a toxic friend I would probably just distance myself without saying anything because I always think about the worst case scenario and I hate to think like this but god forbid something happened to them and then literally like three days before I was like yeah you're a toxic friend I don't want to be with you like I would feel so that would be so hard to hold on to all right
1: well that's fair yeah and I I don't necessarily mean that you would Right, right, you right. would have to be open about it but it's easier right now yes sort of
0: yes a hundred percent
1: and you could use it as a little test run and see um mm-hmm. and so here I see somebody saying what if you love the friend that's toxic? Right, well right. I you know I mean I go back to the, my my definition of is that relation if if that person's toxic then they are not I mean so you can love them but should they be mm-hmm. someone you devote a lot of your precious time too? And is it someone who's making you feel good or making you feel bad? Because the problem is this, is that, you know, I said before that friendship and loneliness are affect your health, right? But mm-hmm. um, negative relationships or even ambivalent relationships where some good, but some bad, are bad for you biologically. Ooh, They're just interesting. straight up bad for you. And you might have thought that like the good could outweigh the bad, but in the studies that have been done on this so far, that is not the case. So wow. this is why you really have to either work at making it healthier or sort of shift those people a little bit further out of your center.
0: Yeah, wow, that's amazing. I didn't know, it. okay, next question. Um okay so let's have a look all right how do you find your friendship group i don't feel connected to many but i try this is Mm -hmm. from um ave grass harris
1: okay um
0: yeah so the same things all through
1: life kind of have um relevance to how we choose friends and i I do think there's a kind of chemistry to friendship just like there is to romance i mean there are some people you meet that you just kind of like right away you still have to put in the time before you can really consider them a friend um but this isn't doesn't sound complicated but like really truly the best thing is shared interests or and and one of the things and like volunteering is a really good way though because if you if you haven't been able to meet anybody if you Volunteer in something that interests you or that you care about, you know, you're automatically going to meet the other people there are also interested in that same thing, right? And so it gives you a place to start, but it takes some of the pressure off making friends right away, because you're there to do a job. And so you can sort of get to spend time together as a kind of nice byproduct of that. And I have a, a really lovely example of that in the book with some Older um, women in in Los Angeles in South Los Angeles who then volunteer at schools and they end up becoming really good friends among themselves and they were all kind of lonely and uh, at home and and their health improves and all kinds of good things. Um, but one of the things that happens is that they become friends and they think that part of why that program works so well is because they're there with a shared purpose and they're volunteering. So they're not just being thrown in a room and said, go make friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard. Um, and I think adults, we making friends requires making yourself vulnerable, right? Putting yourself out there a bit and saying, oh, you know, would you like to be friends with me or expressing yeah. interest in, or getting up out of your house, leaving your couch and taking yourself to a party or an event where you might not know anybody right in in Mm -hmm. the effort to meet someone say you move to a new city and you're trying to meet new people Um, and so you have to make yourself vulnerable but you know and I hope people can have the courage to do that a little bit more if they're really feeling lonely uh, because and so but maybe do it through like whatever you're in a theater group or a hiking group or wherever you live right where there's an activity or there's something that you know you are interested in to begin with if you can do it that way that's a good place to start
0: that's what i was going to ask what can people do right now is it like maybe um identifying oh, yeah. well, your? is it like going on forums is it going on yeah you know,
1: what- same thing i mean and and in fact it's always been true that the internet is a place where people can find people that share their interests, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a weird and kinky thing or a dangerous thing, but, but let's assume let's give people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and assume that they're looking for good, healthy things to do. Right. And they're finding people who, who share those interests. I mean, this is a time you have more time at home and more to, you know, where maybe you could find some of those communities and try to get to know people, begin to get to know people. It, if it stays there as a as a Facebook thing or an Instagram thing, it's less likely to become a really deep relationship, although you never know for sure. But um, so eventually, you're going to want to be with people that you can meet up in person. Um, So maybe finding groups in your area that are doing, Mm -hmm. you know, in fact, one of the things that I've seen people saying so there's an app called Nextdoor Do you know this? Oh, Um, yes. 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 Right. Right. And so it's like wherever you live, you get all these people. And people are using it now to share information about the coronavirus. But it's a way to just sort of know who's out there in your area. I mean, this is in the US, I guess, I'm not, I doubt, I don't know that this works in other places. But, um, but, you know, if you're new somewhere, it seems like a great way to, um, to start to find who lives nearby and what's going on, what kinds of activities are happening.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, I'm just going to ask my own question because as you yeah. were talking, I thought of it. Um, Right now, you have people that want to feel connected. So, like, this question is, like, how do I find my friends? Maybe you go onto a Facebook yeah. group or something like that. How mm-hmm. does someone not try to conform to being accepted into certain groups, but rather go into groups as being themselves looking for true friendship and yes. assessing whether it's a true friendship based on who they really are versus making sure you're not putting on like airs and graces to try and fit in to, to make friends. Uh, yeah. That's hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, um, I think it's a balancing act uh, that, you know, you need to think about putting yourself well, well, one, one really useful thing to know is that psychologists have identified something called the liking gap, which is not is a positive, not a negative. So when we meet, when we meet new people, we often think that they don't like us as much as it turns out they do. So is that clear? Like, so usually Mm -hmm. strangers that you have just met like you more than you think Um, and so the gap is in our own perception of how people. what is it called the liking gap the liking gap Um, and so it's in our perception of how people respond to us and um, and I think that speaks to the vulnerability and the nervousness that I was Mm. talking about earlier that people have you know and so so to some extent, you go out in the world and you do you (laughs) and you hope that, you know, the people who like you and respond to you are going to sort of see you for who you are. Um, But it is also true that it is important, like if you're going to be a good friend, you need to be a good listener, for instance. So you need to be good at asking questions and you need to be someone who is curious about the world and the people in it and not just about your own sense of things. And so, you know, it is important to be mindful that when you're in a new situation, you're meeting new people that you want to be already showing that, you know, what it is to be a good friend. So asking questions Mm. and things like that. And so sometimes people come into a room and they, they put on, they have a big personality. And so they sort of, you know, want all the attention on themselves and that, isn't really in the end going to make other people feel like this is someone who's going to be a good friend. Um, Mm. So you just, I don't, that's probably not exactly what you were asking about, but it's, but if you have really strong personality, you at least need to be thinking about, um, okay, but how am I, not am I coming across as someone who, you know, fits into a mold, but am I coming across as someone who is thoughtful and listening and, and, you know, sort of engaging with other people and giving them the benefit of the doubt too. Mm -hmm. You want them to give you the benefit of the doubt. You got to do it for them how about that
0: yeah yeah no that's so true i love that um all right so we've got a few more shout outs we've got a lot of people from internationally here we've got bulgaria chile slovakia egypt ohio oman germany sweden ireland spain Dubai, singapore thailand vegas belgium and the philippines wow
1: i just did a radio show for vegas where they apparently in las vegas people are not friendly <laughs> i don't know if the person from vegas thinks this but i yeah, did not know that i guess it i guess it sort of may. i mean they say it's very transient but um <laughs> anyway so we had a whole conversation about how you can make <laughs> friends <laughs> in las vegas
0: oh there we go yeah <laughs> um all right i'm gonna ask you one last question let's have a yep. look what's what's the um let's have a look Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I read half of this. Does language matter when we talk, think about our friendships? Language, mm, language what matter,
1: do you think? That, does language matter, like how we talk to each other? Uh, maybe
0: we talk, uh, uh, think about our friendships. Does language matter when we talk or think about our friendships? Um, I'm not quite sure I understand the question either. All right. Well, it
1: does matter that your language, I mean, remember that friendship is about being positive and making each other feel good. And so if your language, I don't know if this is what they were saying, but if your language is positive and is thoughtful, then that's a good thing. And if you are negative in your language or, you know, um, if we're talking about the words and the vocabularies for friend, like different people, the word friend means different things to different people. Mm. Um, and so you just need to, you need to, be true to your own kind of definition.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure I quite understood that, so I'm going to get another one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. Mm-hmm. Get a lot of one about the opposite sex. That's interesting. Okay. This one <laughs> is from um, Naomi Helena. Any advice for a shy person to make new friends in a new place? Yeah. Well,
1: so, I mean, I already said some of this, but um, Mm -hmm. I do think that there's two things. One is the motivation. So, you know, you have to be willing to put yourself out there somewhat. Um, Actually, there are some apps now about making friends, not dating. Um, There are apps just designed to make friends. So I can't, I don't remember what they're called, but, um, but I keep hearing about them now. And so that would be one way to, be able to kind of get a sense of who's out there in your new area and um, sort of put yourself, you know, out in the world um, in a safer way, maybe uh, because you know that these people, what they are looking for is friendship. So, but again, look for people with shared interests. And also then the other really important thing is to know how much time it takes to make friends and to be willing to put in the time. And so don't see that as a negative, but just as a reality. And so don't feel bad if, after one, you know, one night out at an event, right? You don't feel like you made a best friend. Well, of course you're not going to make a best friend. It takes 200 hours of time together to consider somebody a best friend.
0: Oh, there's a math equation behind there's it, I s- love it. Somebody
1: counted, it's 50 <laughs> hours. Somebody counted 50 hours to go from an acquaintance to a friend, 90 to a good friend and 200 to a best friend, about. So just recognize, so be kind to yourself, give yourself time mm. right, to make friends. Don't think you have to get it done in a week.
0: Yeah. And it needs to go both ways. I think so many it people it. Exactly. Like I, are people going to like me, but also it's like, do I like them? I mean, I, I kind of equate it to like almost a job interview. So whenever I'm interviewing anyone that comes to work for me, the one thing I'm saying is right now you need to be interviewing me just as much as I'm interviewing you, because if your time right. is going to be spent here and we're going to be spent together, your time's just as valuable as mine. So it doesn't really matter who's paying who it's just like, Am I the right person to be working with? And I think I think the same thing with friends. We go into those situations so wanting to be liked um, mm-hmm. that we are so focused on that versus yeah. seeing what that person has to offer you. Right, right, exactly. So listen, <laughs> yeah, Amazing. notice. Mm-hmm. well Lydia where can everyone find your book where can find people find more things about you yeah so my website is
1: lydia and all things are there but I'm on twitter at Lydia Denworth I'm obviously here on instagram although a little less um and I'm I have a newsletter you can sign up and on my website and my book is friendship the Bio- the evolution biology and extraordinary power of life's fundamental bond and you can buy it Wherever books are sold, which is not so many places right now, Mm. Um, a lot of bookstores are closed, but Amazon, Barnes & Noble, there's this thing called bookshop.com, which is um, selling from independent bookstores, and I hope everybody will
0: check it out amazing i cannot <laughs> thank you enough for coming on this live thank and you sharing so much that for having me. oh seriously sharing that amazing advice especially right now where i think people like friendships really are important and yeah. so given those actual tactical things on how why it's important and then how we can cultivate it has been amazing so seriously from the bottom of my heart and for everyone watching thank you girl for joining really appreciate it guys 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 you've got to go check out this woman you've got to check out her book you've got to check out all her interviews her (laughs) podcasts are freaking amazing and so i just want to say seriously thank you and guys if you're not following me follow me at lisa bilyeu go over to women of impact on youtube if you want to see more incredible discussions on topics like this and until next time guys be the hero of your own life peace out thank you literally